and we're back. I want to say that both of our walk-on songs today have been requested by Jesse. Jesse, you got real like. I wouldn't say requested. I'd say I might be the new musical director of this program. Oh yeah, you should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. Um, oh wait, so did you guys watch Game of Thrones? Did we all watch Game of Thrones? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I We're really, all cut up. I really liked that last episode, and and I would not call myself a Game of Thrones fan. In the sense of the term fanatic. In, exactly. Right. I think they're called throners. Are they? Sure. I don't know. I think so. Sure. They are now. <laughs> um, it was, I mean, it was the only episode that's really like, like okay, we're going to do everything for you here. We're going to like tie things together, tie up that way, and actually move every plot along, you know? Yeah. Well, at least every like, Mostly important plot. Right. Mostly right. Exactly. I really like the speech the little girl gave at uh, in front of the Starks. The, the little girl, yeah, yeah, Lady Mormont. Um, yeah. So I'm not a, a throner, but because I'm a teacher and I have no job, I spend my Mondays reading Game of Thrones recaps on the internet. <laughs> And Wait, do you watch Game of Thrones, or do you just read the recaps? <laughs> I only watched the last two or three episodes. <laughs> well, that's really? the thing. At the beginning of the season, I was at the beginning of the season. I was like, "God damn it! I am so done with this fucking show." Because oh, right. because they kept like going into all you know these long meandering plot threads and not resolving them at all. Right. Like, there's still shit for me. You know, they're they're really good at that. Yeah. And it was just driving me crazy, and I'm like, I don't care, whatever. I'm out. Um, And then the other (laughs) thing that really bothers, two other things that really bother me. I'm not as into rape as I think a lot of the viewers are. Into what? Raping and pillaging. Oh, God. I I get a little uh, sick of... The sexualized violence. I think there's, you know, too much of it. Uh, I'm, I'm going to get on my soapbox and say that. And then the other thing... Oh, the historical accuracy. I love it when people on the internet talk about, well, they're just doing that because that's how it really was in history. In Westeros? In, back, yeah. back, 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 like, the whole, you know, they're trying to, like, be the War of the Roses and, like, oh, he's marrying his cousin because that's what they did and they had to marry off important families and, you know, women had no power. We're just showing, you know, actual medieval culture. And then you're like, and the ice zombies. There's a fucking army of ice zombies. Right. Um, just like in history. Just like in history. <laughs> Yeah. I saw these were just, that's just an allegory for Vikings, I think, right? Right, that's what, according well, to... The wildlings are really the Vikings. Well, yeah. So, I don't know who the ice zombies are. <laughs> they're ice zombies. I think they're just ice zombies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. You know, from history. Yeah, historical <laughs> ice zombies. 
I think that happened in the 1960s, right? The eye zombies. The eye zombies, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was a big part of the counterculture movement. Was Right, and that's when the USSR and the American government joined together to defeat them on the, in, uh, the plains of Alberta. <laughs> and, uh, as they came down the Canadian tundra. And yeah. It's quite a, quite a year. Quite a year. Quite a year. 1960. Yeah. That's, that's the history we don't get told. And then, and then we got into quagmire in Vietnam after that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But the last couple of episodes I've really enjoyed. Um, yeah. yeah, it's pretty badass. I'm excited for next year. Um, yes. This is also the point where they've gone beyond the books. Right, which I think is a good thing. I, I did notice the writing got a little cheesier, too. Cheese you, huh? Yeah. Uh, There's a scene where, like, Tyrion is, like, talking to Khaleesi. And, like, talks to her, like, it just, it lacked the sort of, like, sense of timeliness. Or, like, there's a certain, like, vernacular they use, and he wasn't using it. It was just like, oh, oh they're just writing a fucking, like, script. And, like, he's yeah. just reading it like, it's like, I'm reading it now, you know? Yeah. It, it, I don't know. It just seemed to, like, step out of the, almost break the fourth wall in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's a good point. I yeah. think, because one thing, so, you know, Game of Thrones really built its reputation on being unpredictable and, you know, we don't care if this is the male lead or the, um, you know, protagonist that everybody likes. We're going to fucking kill them in the most brutal way possible. And I feel like that... That hasn't happened in a while, though. Right, and that's what I was getting to as they get, and, you know, just building off what Jesse was saying... Maybe as they get past the books, the show writers who are trained in writing, I assume, movies and television are bringing more like, um, fuck, traditional writing structure to the show. Does that make any sense? Yeah, no, I would, I would, yeah. The one thing I wanted to say that I totally forgot about was. According to the internet, that little girl who gave the speech, she is like the internet's uh-huh. favorite character by far. Like everybody on the oh, yeah. is like more little girl giving stink face to Jon Snow. <laughs> so yeah. Um, any other any um, other Game of Thrones thoughts? I don't know. I really liked it when what's his name jumped out the window. Yeah, me too. Tommy. Yeah. I, I thought I thought that was just like the best part of that episode, and it was just like a five second clip, and yeah. that was it. That that whole opening, what was it like? Ten minutes, fifteen minutes was just so cool. So, yeah. And and this having sounds- after all this explosions and music and like very like loud orchestral <coughs> shit going on, bless you. Having just like, I think it was silent also. I don't remember. 
When he jumped? When he jumped. I think so too. Yeah, that was really cool. <coughs> Bless you, Chancy. Hey. Yeah. That's a sneeze? No, I'm shooting a cannon. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it. <laughs> um, and then there's that other new, new, I guess, the, the other HBO show that also happens to be new that we all watched, um, Any Given Wednesday, which is HBO's new sports show um, hosted by Bill Simmons, formerly of ESPN slash ABC slash Grantland. What do you guys think of that? Uh, I thought it overall was a little wood, wooden, you know? I think it'll loosen up. I mean, I thought the guests were good, uh-huh. but not, they were not like, you kind of scraped the surface of a lot of stuff. I it was a little too self-congratulatory for my taste, but whatever. Yeah, the self, yeah, I want to hit on that in a second, because that's key. Sam, what yeah. do you think? I mean, I don't know. It's only just the first episode, so it's kind of hard to make a judgment call on it. What did? You, but what? I didn't really like it. I didn't like it very much, uh-huh. uh, other than the part with you know Ben Affleck uh, talking about the flake gate. That was pretty good. Yes. But in general, in general, I didn't like find myself watching the show and being like, you know, happy I was watching it. Do you think there's some there's another podcast out there that's talking about our first episode and like commenting on it? And like I didn't really like their first episode, but uh... <laughs> no, I don't think that exists, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I also think that's very highly unlikely. Uh, you guys haven't heard my like other podcast that just comments on this podcast. Two podcasts. Oh man. Uh, no, but we still, hey, v- listeners, we still haven't gotten enough reviews or ratings on iTunes. I doubt we will anytime soon. But if you're listening, and I know some people do listen to this uh, podcast, go on iTunes. Tell them how terrible we are. We only want one. Just one review will make our week. <laughs> um, okay, getting back to Bill. Okay. So, I mean, Sam, how much do you know about Bill Simmons? Uh, not too much. Yeah. Because he, he's an interesting, weird guy. I mean, he is just a, he was a, he's a guy like us. Like, he has no real credentials except he's a sports fan. And right. he kind of, um, Got lucky, I would say, in that he was actually part of the Boston sports media scene and was commenting. And well, did he? Good. He didn't. He didn't write for the Boston Globe, did he? No, he didn't write for the Boston Globe. I don't know. No. I, he was just a, a sports guy. Um, right. And he got a job with ESPN Boston. He got a job with ESPN Boston, and then Boston sports was really important because the Celtics were winning NBA championships, and the Red Sox were good, and the Patriots were good, and so he was getting more and more airtime, 
And the Bruins. And the Bruins. And so he got very quickly moved up through the ESPN echelon. And he... Because he just knew. Because, yeah, because he knew a lot about Boston sports. And because he, he's good on TV. He's a good writer. And I think he kind of projected, you know, you're just a, a white dude from Boston. You know, the everyday sports guy right. of him. I think was very popular. And he's a good writer and good on TV. And then, and his his biggest thing is basketball. That's what he cares. Pro, you know, he cares a lot about all sports, but basketball is probably the biggest thing. And ABC ESPN made him kind of um, their main basketball commenter guy. And then, right. and then they gave him this website, Grantland which was a place for long-form sports journalism. And on Grantland.com, and they wrote a lot of good stuff on Grantland, one thing they wrote and published was this expose about a doctor who was producing, and I'm trying to remember this, I think it was golf clubs, that were um, revolutionizing golf. And the person was very secretive. Like, this guy who worked for Grant, or was getting contracted by Grantland, was trying to uh, find out more about this mysterious person. person kept telling him, no, no, don't do it. The guy found out that the doctor was transgender and published that in the the written article that Grantland published and the doctor committed suicide. Oh man, really? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, this is about three years ago, I think. Oh wow. And at Simmons gave a real half-assed non-apology apology. For the article. His thing was we had a good young writer, we wanted to encourage investigative sports journalism, and we stand by our writers. And after he took some flack for that, he kind of walked it back, but not really that much. So that was a big black mug that I had to mention. But that and then I have to go. Okay, yeah, you have to go. Um, what was I going to say? The reason, though, he got fired from ESPN, according to him, is he was openly criticizing Roger Goodell uh, over Deflategate. Oh, because of Deflategate, but mostly, like, he was saying the NFL is a, is a racket, right? And Roger Goodell is... And he called Roger Goodell a straight-up liar. Um, a liar that he lied. Um, and then ESPN fired him after that. So now he's got this show with HBO. The point of this long-ass story is you guys mentioned him acting kind of self-congratulatory 
on his new HBO show. Well, he is being self-congratulatory because he hates ESPN. Right. And he's like, yeah, yeah, um, I've got my own show on HBO well, now. I also hate ESPN, so. Yeah, but, no, I mean, ESPN is terrible. Yeah. Absolutely terrible. I just hate how, like, the last thing I'm going to say is, like, how it, there's a certain, like, style and, and like that people are forced announcers are forced to 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 adhere to and the whole thing is it's a you know sports are already corporatized but like why not have people have actual opinions you know on tv right and not just the like toe of the party line right In the party line i mean there is uh i think a similarity between espn and and fox news in that ESPN is broadcasting both the sporting events and the coverage of the sporting events. Oh, yeah, and I know. the commentary of the sporting events and, and directing sports that echo show. Disney owns them. Yeah, right? It's, yeah. it's insane. Like, this country is disgusting. <laughs> on that note, I have to go. All right, bye, Jazzy. On that note... <laughs> Have a good time. Uh, We'll see you next time. Okay, see you next time, listeners. Bye. Bye. Bye, Jesse. Bye. So, um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Sam, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Um, It's kind of like, do you remember the story of that guy, this, like, reporter in Texas who did the story and, like, uh, what's the guy's name? Carlos Gomez, maybe? I don't know. Wait. No. The guy for the for Houston. He's from the Dominican, I think. What's okay. his name? What? He used to play for Brewers. I, I don't know. Who um, <laughs> anyway, he speaks broken English, and the reporter, like, directly quoted him, like, you know, mispronunciations and everything and all. Uh-huh. And he got really upset saying that the reporter was trying to make him look stupid. Oh, interesting. Um, because, you know, he quoted him directly, but he doesn't speak English very well, and he thought that Carlos, that was, like, made Carlos Gomez? No, it's not Carlos Gomez. It's, yeah, I think his last name is Gomez, though. Okay. But anyway... The reporter was like, I kind of think that it's a little bit more offensive if I, like, just doctor up their quotes, you know what I mean? Because that's uh-huh. not a direct quote then. It's, like, something that I've interpreted or whatever. You know, he kind of, like, defended himself. Uh-huh. But that's kind of an interesting thing, too, to think about is that... Carlos Gomez you know, has played for the Blues and the Rockets and the Astros. Yeah, and he plays for... The Mets. He plays for the Mets? Oh, no, current team Astros, my bad. Yeah, he plays for Houston, that guy. Yeah. Yeah, Carlos Gomez. Um, and it was a big thing, because then it's like, you know, it's not really totally objective if you're, like, doctoring up what they say, mm-hmm. you know, afterward, the facts. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's like, I mean, Jesse talked about this last week, that, you know, at the end, sports is pretty much entirely arbitrary. So, should we hold sports journalists to the same levels of ethics we would hold 
non-sports journalists? I mean, I think we should. The level is getting pretty low these days, though. Right. And what responsibilities and obligations do sports journalists have to not just, you know... Well, not just journalists, but editors, too, if we're talking about synonyms. So, the Daniel Holzclaw thing, is that also ESPN? Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, which is the same kind of deal as, um... Hey, Robin. Hi. Robin. You guys are doing podcasting now. No, we're not. We're still podcasting. Really? Yeah. Oh. You can talk to people like what, uh, last time... So, and this was a more recent thing where, again, this oh, yeah. this is an issue, uh, I think it, it was ESPN, I think just ESPN, um, ran this article by this guy who's interviewing Daniel Holzclaw, who's the cop who was a former football high school star who, like, I guess got injured and never had an NFL career, um, was yeah. the sort of guest of this. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. What is more notable about him is he is a serial rapist who's in prison forever, uh, who cop. raped yeah. poor black women as a cop um, yeah. because he didn't as think they could, uh, mm-hmm. you know, get any justice from there. Um, they did. He's in jail. But ESPN ran this weird fawning. It was not piece. ESPN. It was um, um, SBNation.com. I remember. Are they owned by ESPN? No, they're okay. independent. But Sorry, yeah, I apologize. Still, yeah, 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 yeah. But, but this is a similar thing. Of they like, you know, and this is contracted, so I don't think the guy was like on their payroll, but mm-hmm. ran this weird fawning piece of like the problem is he never got the NFL career he deserved, so that's why he's. So that's why he rapes? A serial that's rapist. That's why he rapes, yeah. <laughs> and that piece oh was God. lots of, like, all the interviews were, you know, his his hometown friends and families giving the, the pretty stat, you know, he was such a nice boy, how could a nice boy ever do something like this? Interviews. Right. Yeah. That's messed up. And, and so, the, and it came down to how did the, you know, so, like, this is terrible journalism, and also how did the editorial staff here allow this to go forward? And it turns out that at SB Nation, the folks in charge of greenlighting things are entirely white guys. Um, there was one black woman on staff. She said, don't run this piece, and for some reason they didn't listen to her. <laughs> and I would add to that, I think there's a huge pressure to be first, get it out before anybody else. So it... it to get the scoop, um, so that they don't think about, gee, should we actually publish this piece? Huh. Right. We just got to get it out there. We just got to get it out there. Well, like, when you have an editorial, like, uh, the room full of people who are proving stuff full of only one kind of person with the limitations that a, like, straight says white guy has, you aren't going to catch that kind of stuff. And it's not just about having, you know, the one black woman in the room because... It's not her job to be the like gatekeeper of racism and terrible pieces. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's something that I mean, it's pretty easy to catch. You know, I don't think that that was like, you know, I think mean, they just didn't know what the fuck they were doing. What are you doing right now? That's making that sound. Oh, sorry, I'm still making these muffins. Nice. I'm roasting a chicken. Yeah. No, 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 I love it. I think right. actually this should be a regular thing where <laughs> Sam is cooking and adding things in the background. 
<laughs> and last week he was chopping vegetables. That happened last week. Too. This week he is making uh, making English muffins. Is your sports slash cooking by yeah. Is that what you're doing? Yeah, we should have a cooking segment. <laughs> to shift to a cooking cooking podcast. Yeah. Uh. Um, did you? I want to transition that to the O.J. Simpson documentary. I mean, speaking of, I didn't watch it. I I have spent the last two days basically I binge watching. Transition you guys downstairs so I can listen while. Uh, yeah. So Robin's gonna carry. Robin's gonna carry the laptop downstairs. So hold on just a sec. Actually, oh my gosh, I can use technology. I'm gonna pause the podcast real quick. Pausing. Basically a win. Um. So yeah. So I was binge watching the. O.J. Simpson Made in America documentary, which is made by ESPN. Right. I guess, and the irony being so many things. I mean, the O.J. Simpson trial being about this intersection of, like, sports culture and celebrity culture and race and really rape culture. Policing in Los Angeles. And policing and the media... Frenzy, that's a cliche, I know, but the way that the media treated news as entertainment and entertainment as news. And Robin just said before that was a thing, and that's what really, in a large sense, made it a thing. Um, Yeah, well, I mean, it was like, I remember that. It was just like the biggest deal. It's the only thing anyone talked about, you know? Yeah. Well, it's funny. I was watching this documentary over Joel's shoulder, and it's funny, like, I remember, you know, seeing bits and pieces of this on the news when I was, what, in... Nine. You would have been nine. Yeah, nine or ten. Yeah. So, like, that, that is a thing I remember happening, but with no context as to who is O.G. Simpson, what is football, what is domestic violence, and all of that, like... Right. And, like, what's the LAPD up to Rodney King? Like, everything that went into how that trial went down. Yeah. Well, and it's... No, for sure. They have interviews with two... Like, the the jury was mostly black and mostly black women. And they interviewed Uh two of the black women who were jurors. And the one is, like... Middle-aged now, she was in her 20s when she was a jerk. And she I mean, she's probably one of my favorite characters. She has an interesting perspective of, like, everybody thought we were stupid. But we saw it as, or from her perspective, we saw it as the prosecution screwed up. And I think that that's a valid right. thing for, you know... She was like, yeah, we saw what was happening, but we saw how terrible the prosecution was and how terrible the police were in their, not just their racism of the LAPD, but their actual collecting of evidence evidence and following proper procedures in the Simpson case. And that is innocent until proven guilty. And yeah, that's innocent until proven guilty. So that's the excuse she gave. They also interview this older black woman who is hilarious, in my opinion, and they ask her, was this 
was this payback for the Rodney King? And she says, yeah. Like, she's just straight up, yeah, like, this was payback for Rodney King. Uh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't really argue with that. Yeah. I don't know. It, I highly recommend it. Uh, it's eight hours long, five episodes. Jesus. If you're a teacher and you don't work in the summer, you should watch it. Watch that. It's available. Video. And then go to the gym. And then go to the gym. Uh, it's really good. <laughs> All right, all right, so Sam, so we got two minutes left. I, I want to talk to okay. you about about two things. Um, yep. Chicago Cubs third baseman Chris Bryant. Yep, hit three home runs. Hit three home runs and two doubles. Uh-huh. Five for five. He had 16 total bases. Which is the most in a game ever. That gives him a 16,000 slugging percentage for that game. And is the first Cubs okay. player to earn five extra base hits in one game since 1885. That's pretty impressive, right? That is impressive, yeah. Now, about a week earlier, Washington National center fielder Michael Taylor went 0 for 5. With five strikeouts, the and he committed a fielding error that led to a Yasiel Puig walk off in the park home run for a Dodgers oh, win. No. <laughs> <laughs> Puig's not the fastest guy, right? Did you the, right the video? He's pretty fast, I think. He can book it, but he's like. He's not the, I don't know. He's not the fastest guy. He was booking it on this play. There was a man on, bottom of the ninth, 3-2 Nationals. Puig hits a ground ball. It's like a line drive. and goes past the shortstop. And uh, the the center fielder is coming up on it, charging it, and just, just fucks it up. And the ball... Just squirts behind him all the way to the back field, uh, the back wall. I mean, right. <laughs> to end the park, walk off home run. Was it an error or was it a home run? Uh, I it must have been. Yeah, yeah. Good point. It must sorry. have been an error. It had to be an error. It had to be squirted as an error because it was an error. Um, right. So yeah, so it would be squirted. Yeah. He uh, he ran home. Puig right. did he ran the whole way around. <laughs> he, ran, he ran the whole way around. And I was just thinking about that, like um best day, worst day of baseball. Right? Mm-hmm. Like that that's like the opposite ends of having just the most um, you know, euphoric, Nirvana-like experience at sports, and the total opposite of just despair. Because the guy also struck out five times, right? Strike out five times, and then commit a game-losing error that leads to an in-the-park home run. Inside the park. 
<laughs> and, I, and I was reading about yeah, that's this. that's the worst. Um, in the history of baseball, 84 players... No, no. Three players have struck out five times and committed an error. One of who was Daryl Strawberry in 1991. Okay. So, okay. So, as we go, what can top this? What, you know, thinking, maybe not just XLB, but just in the infinite number of universes that exist in the multiverse, what could right. be the ultimate best day at baseball and what could be the ultimate worst day at baseball? Right. And that just happened. I guess. I don't know. I mean, like, I, no, no. Like, like, what if, like, your arm fell off? Or, like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> or, like, you're about to, like, you get the game-winning hit and or, like, you're trying to come home and you, like, go around third base and just, like, break your ankle and can't get home and get tagged out <laughs> to end the game. Yeah. Ooh. That would be that would be the worst. <laughs> that would be so bad. What did you hit? <laughs> <laughs> oh god! And you like you break your ankle coming right. up third, but like you hit it like way into the right field, way hard into right field, so they have to like throw multiple times, and you're like army commando crawling. From third base to home right. plate to try to score. <laughs> right. Well, no, it, just, it would be so bad because you'd come around third base and you'd be like, oh, I got this. I'm going to be the hero right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, boom, like, that's it. <laughs> so you get the euphoria and then all of a sudden it, like, gets swept away <laughs> from you. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> and that's why we watch sports, right? To see grown men have their dreams crushed on right. national Just television. Completely destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. We'll have to do that. Okay. We're past our time. Do we have anything else to say? Oh, wait. Let me cue this up. Do we have anything else we need to talk about? I don't know. I think that, that that's all I've got, I think. <laughs> um, but I think that, I don't know, I think the best game probably is better than 5-5. Five five. You get five home runs, maybe? Yeah, five home runs. I mean, yeah, like... I don't know. Um, I mean, you'd have to, like... I'm, really, I'm thinking of the... Reggie Jackson, you know, three swings, three home runs. Right. You know, maybe... Yeah, that's pretty good. If you could combine it. Because the great thing about this game was it was a close game. It was 11-8. to eight. It wasn't a right. blowout. So it had to be something like you go five for five with multiple home runs. And right. you like just make have a really good defensive play. Yeah, like you like you rob or like freaks out about. You rob the other team of a winning home run. Yeah, and then like and then the and then you center. hit the walk off. You you're at home. Right. You rob the other team, like they're up by like ten nine. That's it. 
basically, this is hard because the rest of your teammates have to kind of suck. Because if you've hit five home runs, your team still got to be dead. <laughs> your team still has to be dead. It's not winning the game. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. <laughs> so that'd be kind of frustrating. And that's a... Like, I've already done this, guys. <laughs> I feel like that's how LeBron James feels all the time. Uh, like, yeah, if you go 5 for 5 and, like, 12 OBIs, <laughs> and then your team right. has to be down going into the bottom of the night, you got to talk to your pitchers, man. <laughs> Like, as you're rounding the bases, you, like, realize how to cure cancer also. <laughs> Ooh, that's You're weird. like, oh, wait. Oh, I get it now. <laughs> get it now? You just inject yeah. them with AIDS. Um, no, that's true. What's the other way around? No, you cure AIDS by giving people cancer. Oh, that's it. You cure cancer by you giving people AIDS-based blood. Uh, cancer is uncontrolled replication of cells. AIDS destroys cells. Yeah. You stick AIDS on the cancer cells. <laughs> medicine. 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 <laughs> that's pretty cool stuff. All right. Well, well we've been right. over. Um, we're going to have Bonnie Tyler play us out today. This has been Dump on the Ump. Season 2, Episode 8. Have a great evening, everyone.